Hi, this is Jerry Conway. Tom DeFalco. Ron Friends. Paul Jenkins. J.M. DeMatteis. Robert Rodriguez. Jim Salakrep. Danny Fingeroth. And you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk. Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle all the questions and the webs left out to tangle. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. I'm Mark Giannacchio, founder of Chasing Amazing and an editor at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the 19.1th episode of Amazing Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Dan, where was your oomph joke? Well, you know, I, I'm more kind of hung up on the fact that we don't even have an Amazing Spider-Man number 19, 19. but we're getting a 19.1. Yes, for all you uh, psycho collectors out there like Dan and I, this just throws everything asunder right now. But. I'm imagining like five years in the future, there's going to be someone like just tearing their hair out trying to find these 19th and 20th issues. Yeah, and, and when the time comes for ASM 800, I just, I'm really dying to see what they're going to count but you know, <laughs> yeah right because for like ultimate 200 if ultimate 200 is any indication they're just going to probably count everything they're probably going to count like that ends of the earth one shot that you don't own but mark they're done counting numbers above like 20 because of this new mantra right right but an 800th issue come on dan anyway we're digressing huge <laughs> but in this episode, beyond talking about numbering, we're going to be talking about Amazing Spider-Man number 19.1 by Jerry Conway and Carlo Barberi. We'll read your comments and emails, give away some prizes, and then discuss the spider news that's fit to print. And boy, oh boy, Dan, there is some spider news in this episode, right? This might be the biggest bunch of spider news we've ever gotten. Yeah, so uh, hold, hold on to your seats, guys, because we got, we got a, a news-heavy episode. But first, a review. Yeah, and of course, if you hear this sound, please be sure to check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Well, Mark, like we said, there was no Amazing Spider-Man number 19, so those of you looking into our podcast feed looking for episode 19, forget about it. This is a discussion of Amazing Spider-Man number 19.1. Spider-Man number 19.1. You could check out the review on superiorspidertalk.com. I'm sure that link's about to appear as I say this. 
Um, Dan, and you know, self plug, right, Dan? Because I wrote the review. Ha 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 ha! You've taken over. I've taken over the assimilated uh, resistance is futile. Whatever. Um, so anyway, Dan, uh, as the review says, um, this is—I still think this is a very well-written series. This is, of course, part four of five of the Spiral miniseries from Jerry Conway and Carlo Barberi, but. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point, this is not a Spider-Man story. This is a Wraith story, right? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I think you called her the wonderful Wraith. Yeah, as I say, let's take let's let's come up with a superlative or an adjective, and then uh, or maybe the righteous Wraith. I guess you know alliteration versus uh, the actual letter here, right? Yeah, although I don't know, is righteous or uh, wonderful really apply to this character? No, she definitely very shades of gray, which is kind of, you know, um, you know what superheroes are today. I guess it's kind of like if Wolverine became a star of a Spider-Man book. I don't know, but not as quite as dark as Wolverine. But yeah, the Spidey and, and, you know, it's not that Spidey has been rendered kind of useless or, or incompetent like he has in some other stories uh, in recent months, which is a little distressing. I mean, you know, when Spidey's on the page... He's he, he's great. It's it's a lot of fun. But but this story really channels its focus on the Wraith versus Mister Negative and how uh, she's letting her tragic past and and the tragedy involving her partner kind of define who she is at this at this stage of her life and kind of destroy her career. It's a really cool story. But this is not the Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest problem with with Spider-Man's presence here is that he doesn't really have much of an initiative. Like, he's kind of just reacting to the decisions of others and bouncing around town. There's even a moment where the page, a new scene starts off with Spider-Man and Wraith in this panel together. And she's like, oh, you've been following me. And we never even saw him following her. You know, there just seems like if he's doing anything, it's been excised from this book in order to uh, focus on the Wraith, which isn't necessarily bad because, you know, I think your review said this, like, a book about the Wraith probably wouldn't sell. So, you know, if you're okay with reading about the Wraith, then, you know, there are bigger problems, you know, that you could have in your life. Yeah, I I mean, you know, they're being pragmatic in marketing here, and and that's kind of, I don't even want to say it's the Marvel way. I mean, that's comics, man, you know? Like, you know, we've, we've had... Plenty of stories within the main continuity where maybe the focus shifts away um, from the main characters, and that doesn't make it a bad story. I, it just, you know, like you said, it, it's it's what is Spidey's actual purpose here besides kind of playing babysitter to Wraith? And I don't know if there is anything more than that. I, I mean, he, he he does have concerns about the gang war. I think that's fair. You know, uh, what's what's happening, and I do like that this issue. You know, after kind of tap dancing. You know, we had Hammerhead, we had Tombstone, uh, we had the Goblin King, Phil Urich, or whatever he's calling himself, whatever whatever English designation he has right now. Um, <laughs> royal, des- royal designation, I should say. Um, but Mr. Negative, I feel, in this comic, emerges indisputably as the big bad, big bad of Spiral, right? Yeah, I, but I guess my problem with that is, I mean, that's a fine thing to do. It's just kind of like a well-duh moment in this book like if he's the mastermind here 
I think we could safely say that we all saw this coming from a mile away. And Yuri, or the Wraith, seemed so dumbstruck by this. It makes her seem kind of dumb. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But I guess, you know, in, in an effort to keep this tied into Spider-Man continuity, I mean, what, what Conway's script seems to keep kind of coming back to is this are these parallels between Peter's background and Yuri. And, you know, it's funny, Dan, I, I just recently wrote about uh, Parallel Lives, which was about Peter and Mary Jane for as part of the uh, Peter and Mary Jane top story countdown on Superior Spider Talk. And, you know, that book was written by Conway. And he's kind of utilizing the same narrative technique here, you know, especially in the beginning. You kind of you have uh, Peter kind of reliving these tragic moments in his life and how he let that define who he is. And, and we're seeing Yuri in the tragedies of her life. And I do think that these parallel scenes are, are effective because they, they're, they're a good segue into kind of the, the, the present moment of Yuri holding the smoking gun and you then get the full, the, the, the full transition of how where Peter is in his life post-tragedy versus where Yuri is and they're very starkly different places. So it's effective. But I did kind of see this before and I saw it even a little more recently just because I reread a comic from the late 1980s. I, I don't know what that ultimately means, but I guess this is something that Conway likes to do in, in his text. Yeah, and I thought this opening was the best part of this comic. Like, it was really wonderfully done. And like we've said about the previous issues, it, you know, it wraps in the superior uh, era of Spider-Man well and, you know, again, allows us to reflect on that in ways that we wish we had seen elsewhere. But the problem, and I, I find myself saying this with each issue, is I feel like all these plot points and emotional beats have been hit in previous issues. And no matter how well done they are here... They just I, – I, I've read this before uh, and, and I'm kind of ready for – I think last issue you said you were just waiting for it to kick into the next gear and I feel like we're still there. We still don't – you know, we still don't have whatever it is that's going to move this to the next level. Um, I mean even – we were, we were expecting that the gun thing would but then the gun is presented here as another mystery. Did she or didn't she shoot Tombstone? I don't know. Do, do you think she shot Tombstone, Mark? I really don't know. I mean it, it – it, you know, they certainly – I'm going to say yes. I think she did. I think so too. I, I, think, I, think, I think this is – this story is so much about Yuri. I think that we're going to – you know, not to speculate too much about what the final chapter is, but I think this is the story has evolved into this character's life kind of circling the drain. You know, like she's she's she, she's breaking with all. I don't want to say reality because she's 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 real, but it's you know the 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 the, the, the Yuri Yuri wants how to be the police officer seems to be a character that is no longer going to exist. And it's just the wraith. And she even says as much in this issue. You know, the, the, the Yuri is dead. Yeah. And I, I, I'm confused by her motivation behind that. Um, you know, in, in this issue, there's a great scene. And I think, you know, and again, I think a lot of the scenes in isolation are good in this book. Um, but the scene where with her and Negative confronting each other, I thought was nice. And he's kind of got an edge on her because he knows her secret identity 
which is quite obvious, um, and kind of like secret identity 101. If the guy gives you a tip and then you're the guy that keeps showing up, clearly it's you. Uh, right. that Peter Parker has somehow managed to avoid for quite a while. Um, well, the psychic block. Don't forget the psychic block, Dan. <laughs> right. Well, not, not to get too far ahead here, but we've got Spider-Man as Peter Parker's bodyguard in the few in upcoming books and uh i don't know how he's gonna avoid make that people making that connection but anyway yuri like proclaims at the end that she's dead um but but it kind of calls into question why she went and attacked the ringmaster you know i suspected she went and attacked him because she had no other option negative was holding it over her he could out her identity if she didn't go and take out this uh group of people for him but then she kind of just gives up her identity anyway after already doing a task for him. I was like, what is Yuri's motives here? Does that make any sense, Mark? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, you know, I think it's the motives are we, we need to dramatically turn this character somehow. And, and, and you know, it, it, it makes sense in the context of the story, but it's not fully fleshed out. I, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I will say that my favorite new character in all of Spider-Man comics is Mr. Negative refers to one of his inner demons. And he says, oh, inner demon Donald will help you. <laughs> that there's an inner demon whose name is just Donald. It's like, are you are you a little upset that he's not inner demon Dan? Maybe a little bit, but like I just think Donald. I mean, like no offense to anybody named Donald, but like it's just such a normal name. Unless you're Donald Trump, right? right. <laughs> a complete offense to you, Donald Trump. Yes, yeah, uh, total offense to Donald Trump. Well, well, I was gonna say that. Um, Inner Demon Donald might be great, but I got I think one of my favorite fights in recent memory involved the Circus of Crime. Oh yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Those guys, whenever they show up, I mean, you're in for something. Yeah, I mean, total D-list fodder here, but I mean, you know, in what other comic are you going to get a a giant? I guess it wasn't the bearded lady, right? But it was a very large woman being catapulted into the air and crushing another one of the goons and during a fight. I mean, come on. That's this classic. Wah, wah. Like, Pratt falls are always fun. You know, slapstick works sometimes in superhero comics. And what about, you know, with great power, uh, you know, as you say, I, I, sometimes I just want to punch. <laughs> sometimes I just <laughs> yeah. punch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's what I was talking about earlier in terms of when Spidey's on the page. It's great. This is, this is, these are like, these are classic Spidey battles and puns and wits and 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 and, and I love it. You know, this is this is what I read Spider Man for. These kinds of sequences. It's it's this is fun superhero comic book action. But yeah, it's it's at the end of the day, you know, we're kind of dealing with this quandary of Yuri and whether we fully buy into this transformation or not. And and there there are some plot holes with that. I mean, there's no question. Yeah, and I'm just kind of sick of this story structure. The you know. Fight at the beginning, revealing whatever changed in the previous issue, uh, some like twisted machinations of deception, and then a big blowout fight at the end with another reveal at the end. It just feels so formulaic to me, and I'm kind of getting bored of it. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and and speaking of repetition, has anything changed for you on Barbary's art? I mean, I think he's an okay artist. Um, I just think something is up with the color here. Like I've said, and yeah, it just, it's not, it doesn't bring anything extra to it beyond Conway's script. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I said this a couple times before, and I'm just going to reaffirm it. I, I really feel this was a bad match for Jerry's story. Like this, this, I, this is a story that could have used Javier Rodriguez, in my opinion. Like, oh I, man, I, that would be wonderful. And it's not even just because I prefer one style of art to the other, but like, you know, these kind of gritty street level stories needs kind of, you know, softer, kind of more, I don't know, noirish art. Does that make sense? Yeah, Am I, yeah, there's, I, no, there's no shadows to this at all. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is very, this feels very 90s. Very, you know, very and, 90s, except for with a lack of pockets. Yes, not 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 enough pouches, not enough pouches or symbiotes and, or symbiotes, um, and and Wolverine and Deadpool just haven't randomly showed up. So, um, well, I'm Deadpool's waiting for that Deadpool reveal. Yes, or that Wolverine reveal or Punisher. We need Punisher. Where is the? It's a gang war. Where is the Punisher? It's a great you, question. Well, I think he's in California or something right now. If, if, not that I'm actually following his new book, but I do think he's not in New York. But okay. you, you would think Conway, of all people, would bring the Punisher in if he could. I'm just waiting for the Shocker and his you know, mafia to show up at the end of this and just kick everybody's butt, right? Because he's the head of Silvermane's gang. Yeah, he's the head of the Magia now, man. I mean, like, come on. Like, <laughs> that, that would redeem this whole thing for me. Like, I'm not loving this story, but I would, I would love this story if I got some Shocker and the Magia showing up at the end. King, Kingpin Shocker. Wow. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, you want to jump to your grade, Dan? Yeah, sure. I'm going to give this one a C+. That's that's pretty fair, Dan. I, I, I'm going a, a little notch above you, B minus. Like I said, I still like the craftsmanship of this story, but I, I totally get the criticism. I I, I don't dis, I dis, I don't disagree with you in heart, but you know, I'm going to say B plus. <laughs> yeah, I think Jerry's script is fine, you know, but like to get into that upper echelon, I, I really want some nice art to go along with it. You know what I mean? Like both both are fine. Um, you know, fine to good, but there's just, it's just not singing for me, Mark. That's totally fair, Dan. I don't necessarily disagree with you. Especially when we got something like Secret Wars number four this week. Oh, uh, I need a, I need a cigarette after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, let's, let's jump into comments and emails. everybody well of course uh with comments you can leave us comments on our itunes and stitcher pages you can find amazing spider talk by just searching on spider-man or amazing spider talk and when you're there leave a rating leave a review it's how we grow as a community uh you could also email us at amazing spider talk at gmail.com uh or tweet at us at sup spider talk or at chasing asm blog on twitter and just hashtag it okay to print dan before we get into the comments so it sounds like you're gonna be in a pretty big comic book mecca kind of place in a couple days right yeah next week i'm gonna be at san diego comic-con um i think at least on friday and saturday i'm working on getting some other things uh um, lined up to maybe stay longer, but I'll be there on Friday and Saturday. Anybody who's attending San Diego Comic-Con. Um, but even better is on Friday night, I'm hosting a meetup 
for all the fans of the show and website that want to come and meet me and hang out and talk Spider-Man or comics or really anything. I'd love to hear about your stories about San Diego and just meet up with you guys, uh, anyone from the community. So that's going to be Friday night at 8 o'clock at this bar called The Bootlegger, which is right near the convention center. Um, If you go on uh, the Superior Spider Talk Facebook page, you can find all the details there about the event and RSVP to come. I really can't wait to meet all you uh, people out there and, um, you know, hope that we can catch up and find out more about who you are um so uh yeah that's the bootlegger friday night at eight after the convention um i'd love to meet you all there um so yeah let me know that you're coming so that i know to wait around and and meet up with you guys well i'm jealous dan i'll be firmly entrenched in the east coast but uh, i hope you have a great time and you know get to get to meet some people talk to some people uh be immersed in comics you're not gonna have to buy anything since you know you're all collected up, so well, uh, you know the, there's no going to a con and escaping with bu- not buying something. That's true. That's, that's just very not possible. True. I might have this I like freak like a uh, brain problem that makes me want to collect every issue of Spectacular Spider-Man next or something. No, they'll get crazy now. You know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, who knows? But um, I'm going to be on the show floor a lot, so keep your eyes out. And if you want to meet up at the actual convention, let me know too. But I'm definitely going to be at the bootlegger, so come on by. All right, Dan. Well, here is uh, our first comment on iTunes. It's from, and I'm not even going to pronounce, to attempt to pronounce this phonetically, it's U N E Jakey, J A K E Y. Uh, titled Best Spider-Man Podcast Ever, 5 out of 5. As a Spider-Man fan since the early 90s, it's nice to finally find a podcast that covers recent Spider-Man issues along with those classic reviews. Keep up the great work, boys. Thanks. Uh, our next review comes from, I'm not even, this is like L.F. Hayes Jr.? That's probably way wrong. But uh, uh, this person says, great show, 5 out of 5. This is a great podcast for any Spider-Man fan. They have review shows, interviews, and my favorite, the Essentials show. I enjoy them all. Uh, I'm glad to hear I was going to say, I'm glad to hear that's somebody's favorite, Dan. Yeah, yeah, I love doing the Essentials, so uh, I'm glad you guys are enjoying them, too. All right, this next one here, and I was initially like really stum- stumbling with this one, and then I saw it says a delicate few. I was like Adele Katate, delicate few, uh, titled "Intelligent Talk About Spider Man." Five out of five. This is one of my favorite podcasts. It is great to hear two well-informed Spider Man fans discuss current and essential Spider Man stories, and they read my emails. Well. Yes, we do. That's from Brian, if I if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. I see. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we also got an excellent email from Hamza Jaka, uh, but we're going to read it in the future a future episode because, as many of you may know, we have a lot of news to cover today, and we want to just get to that. And this email was great, and I want to give it the amount of time it deserves. But we just got way too much to cover on this episode, so we'll definitely be getting to it in the future. So hold on, if you wrote in, I'm sorry we didn't we're not reading it now, but. Uh, We're going to just move on to the next thing. So, everybody, thank you for leaving us some comments, but we're going to talk about uh, the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Stand a little straighter, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, clap a little louder, joke around the crater, we can show you how to, and when will you be then? You'll belong, you'll belong, you'll belong, you'll belong to the Mary Marble Marching Society. 
you growl, if you groan, with the dour sour up, but if you howl, if you moan, you can lose your sour drug, but you can trim and in step with the vim and bump Funny, Dan. It, you know, we're, we're short on time because we got a lot of news to report, and yet I got to go through this slog, which is now is the time of the show where we thank all the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money to the show and have opted to join the friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. This week we have no new members to the club, which means Flash Thompson does not get the recovery he needs. <laughs> yes, help support the the Flash Thompson Fund. You know, it's 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 the Flash Thompson. Well, he is the president of the Spider-Man fan club. Yeah, so. that's true. And and by the way, a lot of people have written in about how much they love Flash Thompson's appearance on the show, and that that's great. We love hearing from you, and uh, I'm glad you guys are enjoying our special guest, Flash Thompson. Uh, once he gets out of his current, you know, lack of sobriety, I'll make sure I, I'll pass that message on to him. I'm sure he would love to hear that. Um, of course, if you guys are already members, please be sure to check your emails for your free comics. And if you'd like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club, maybe I should have shortened that name for this episode since we're trying to move through this quickly. Uh, well, <laughs> if you'd like to become a member, of course, and help support the show, please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads... FNSTMC. That's that's it for short. Why, oh, okay. did, why did we name it that, Mark? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but why don't we talk about? Why don't we finally get to that news that's going to so consume much. the rest of our lives? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Spider news time. Spider Man. Spider Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. All right, Dan. Well, you're the movie guy, the two of us, in terms of, you know, being a film critic and getting your master's in film something. Uh, (laughs) What was it in? I think actually film something is the title. Okay, gotcha. That's how official it seems. All right. Well, anyway, so before we get to the big comic news we got, let's kick off the big movie Spider-Man news, which is we found our Spider-Man. It's Tom Holland. John Watts is the new director. And Dan, as ignorant as this might sound, I don't know anything about either of these people. So you tell me, what should I be thinking? Well, Tom Holland is 19. So, like, I think... I don't know about you, Mark, but I think that's great. We're not going to have, like, a near 30-year-old playing Peter Parker. This is no Ralph Macchio playing the Karate Kid as a 30-year-old. Yes. Right, exactly, exactly. Thank you <laughs> or, for bringing that up again. Or Tobey Maguire. Yes, or, or Andrew Garfield, even. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so I, I think that's a, a welcome improvement. He's still a white guy. Um, I saw some people complaining that he did not... Uh, a pe- like this w- this kid did not look right for Peter Parker, and I was like, really? Because he kind of looks like every other Peter Parker we've ever had before. So, uh, okay, it's probably the youth. I, I I think that's what's throwing people is you know I I, I think a lot of fans are you know and probably the ones who are complaining don't understand what teenagers look like these days. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to base uh, what teenagers look like off of your knowledge of movies, you'd be way off because every teenager is played by like someone in their late 20s. 
Yeah, I mean, I just want to point out, like, the ultimate teen show for me as a kid was Saved by the Bell, and they were, like, all in their late 20s and 30s doing that show, except for Screech, and we all know how he turned out. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't even think I look as old as the teenagers in most shows. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> so I have a feeling that's probably where the complaint is coming from, but... I, I guess there's also something. I mean, Dan, he's he he hasn't done a lot of big blockbuster stuff, right? No, and that's fine. I, I appreciate that. I've seen him in uh, this movie called The Impossible, which I don't really like that movie. Uh, but you know, he was fine in it. Um, yeah, it, maybe but it's not it, that memorable of an expe- uh, a performance. But you know, I, I like casting relative unknowns. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's different than, and I'm already forgetting the actress' names because I'm I'm that diligent. Uh, you know, the kid from Hugo, or you know, the As kid from the Butterfield. Walk- yeah, so the kid from The Walking Dead that was allegedly not in the running, but apparently auditioned at one point. Um, so you know, those are those seem to be actors that people recognize from from projects, and they probably don't recognize Tom Holland. But I, I, I mean, I. I have an open mind. I don't know. I, 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 there definitely seemed to be an uproar. You know, there was there was one contingent of fans, as you mentioned, that were upset that they went with the traditional white white guy, white man, male. Uh, but then, like you also pointed out, there seemed to be people who wanted a white male. You know, who dug their heels in about that? But even that's too un- radical. We're still, we're, we're still unhappy with this. So yeah. I don't know. Really, how you can make that judgment until you see how he performs in the role. Um, but, you know, whatever. I think it's pretty cool. Now, what about John Watts? Uh, again, I re- don't know a lot of his work. Yeah, um, I, I, don't, I have not seen any of his work either, although he, has a, he had a film at Sundance this past year called Cop Car um, that I, I actually saw the trailer for uh, a couple of months ago when it first debuted, and, and I thought, oh, this looks like a, a really great time. Um, and what I think is interesting about this, char- uh, this, this character, this director, is that his films so far have been kind of like horror thrillers. And so that would make this, you know, not the first time that we've had a, a, a horror director um, taking on the Spider-Man directing uh, role. Um, yeah. You know, people would know that Sam Raimi is a very famous and one of the best, I think, horror directors there, there is. Um, uh, but this cop car movie got pretty good reviews. Uh, not the best reviews, but um, you know, it, it, all the reviews mentioned that he has a very unique eye and style. And the main characters in the movie are children, which means he, he could be good at directing child actors. Um, we'll see when that movie comes out. But um, you know, uh, reportedly Kevin Feige really pushed for this guy to be the new director, which um, to me is great because you had you know James Gunn who did Guardians of the Galaxy and I think knocked it out of the park, you know, this, you know, typically indie director um, right. taking on that role. Maybe John Watts, they saw a, a, a very distinct voice in him and said, this is our guy to do this. Um, and uh, reports have kind of said that this is going to be a... Um, the Breakfast Club, right? John Hughes, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great fit for um, this material if they do it, you know, kind of back in like the Romita... Uh, stylings. I, that's very Breakfast Clubby to me. So actually, um, I was thinking Bendis and Ultimate. I mean, I think this is. I think if you're trying to read up for this for this movie, you definitely should be reading up on your Ultimate. Yeah, that's my yeah. That's my that's my theory. Yeah, and Feige <laughs> has said a lot of really great things. Um, he came out and said, you know, Spider Man Two is one of the best superhero movies of all time, and we're aiming for that, and that's good to hear. 
Um, yeah. Um, and also that um, we're going to see a villain that we've never seen before, um, which to me is great. Like I, I am ready to go move past the goblins. Yeah, I mean, I know how how important Osborn is to the Spider-Man mythos, but you know what? Like, you know, Osborn wasn't even introduced until many issues into the series, and you know, I, I, I actually here I'm throwing I'm throwing my prediction hat in the ring. I'm saying Vulture. I think I think we're gonna get that Vulture movie that Raimi never got to do. And I think, especially since the youthfulness is going to be such a, a critical element of this of this comic, that playing off of an of a older villain will kind of really sell that. I think that's a really great idea. Personally, I would love to see Mysterio. Uh, oh yeah, that would be great. Just too. because I'd love to see a fishbowl head on screen, um, uh, <laughs> and, and and I'd love to see a Craven the Hunter. Um, I'd love it if they did it how it's done in Ultimate, where he's a reality show. Uh, host. Yeah, I think that could be really cool. But um, yeah, I mean, the, those are the big ones I think um, that we haven't yeah. seen yet. I don't think Chameleon could stand on his own for a whole movie. No, I think it would become too much of like a of a spy caper movie, which is not what this is. Um, yeah, I, I, can, I can see any of those. Um, I don't know. I. I, I I hesitate to say Craven only because I feel like Craven works better with a slightly older Spider-Man. Yes, I think you're right. Um, although, like you said, the Ultimate version was great. Uh, maybe we'll get Ultimate Shocker. <laughs> I'd love it if they could build up to it like that throughout uh, several movies and, and, and do what they did in Ultimate. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing, the only other direction I would go, and this doesn't seem to be on the table because it's a new villain, but I would love to see them bring in Vincent D'Onofrio from Netflix to be Kingpin. Yeah, that would be really great. Um, I, I would love for them to slowly work in that part of the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, into the movies. Um, I think Spider-Man would be the way to do it. Um Especially if they did it like they do in the Ultimate books where, like, the the criminal that kills Uncle Ben is very much related to the crime spree set off by the Kingpin. Yes. So um, anything else movie-wise you want to bring up, Dan? Not really. I, I, you know, I remain optimistic until, you know, until we see anything and or until I see the movie. Um, I, you know, the, they, I think Marvel has a good track record and I think that they've been itching to get their hands on Spider-Man. Which means I bet you they've been developing ideas for this for quite a while. All right, Dan. Well, on top of all this movie news, um, I think we have a clear idea of what the Spider-Man comic book universe is going to look like in October. We got the the previews for all of the post-Secret War books. Um, and Boy, is it are- different. Well, it's not, and then it is. Uh, you know, some things right. are very different. Some things are very much the same. Um, I think, you know, to start with the same, uh, after kind of some hinting that maybe it would be otherwise, uh, we, we, the, the dance slot uh, era continues on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, it looks like that, you know, with that series, it's, he's going to be paired off with Giuseppe Comancoli. But the status quo seems very different. Yes, very different, Mark. Yes. Um, um, it's Spidey is going to be – or well, I guess Peter is going to continue um, with Parker Industries, which I guess didn't end like we thought it did. Um, so, well, don't forget. There's an eight-month time jump, so a lot can happen in eight months. That's true, uh, although I do think it is a little strange that like we had this whole thing building to it falling apart. 
And now it's not. But anyway, yes, he and it's gone international. And Peter Parker is an international celebrity, and he will be jet setting around the world, um, tackling with with Spider Man as his guard or his bodyguard, uh, tackling global pro- problems and global villains with a Spider Mobile and what it seems to be a, a supporting cast of heroes assisting him in his travels. Yes, a new costume designed by Alex Ross. Which looks a lot like the old costume design, except for with a larger glowing spider. Yes, I'm assuming there's some kind of technology in there. And um, boot, boot, red boots that kind of ride up the side of his legs. Yes. Very, very, very Iron Man-ish, Dan. I, 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 you know, a lot of people are, have been saying, you know, are we getting, it's just like, it's Peter Parker, the new Tony Stark. Um, you know, I, I, I guess the one difference is, I would say is, you, you know, at the end of the day, this is Peter Parker and not Tony Stark. So he's going to be having some Peter issues, even with his success. That's, that's my take on it. Well, what's funny is we've got Bendis and Dave Marquez from Ultimate Spider-Man doing the new Invincible Iron Man book where Iron Man is kind of on his down and out and doesn't have any money and just has one suit and is now Marvel's uh, um, flagship character they announced. It's almost like they've switched places, Iron Man and, and Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, you know, Freaky Friday, I guess. Maybe that's that's going to be in Secret Wars 8. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't know. Mark, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, first off, what are your thoughts about Dan Slott uh, remaining on the book? Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not ecstatic. I, I, I have said for a while that um, I feel that it's time for a change of voice. And, and, you know, we saw this in other corners of the Marvel Universe, you know, like, like Bendis writing Iron Man, and you know there seems to be uh, a big shakeup over in the X books, and um, but you know after all of the, all the shaking up, you know, there's also a lot that has remained untouched. You know, it's like you know we got Bendis is still doing Guardians of the Galaxy, even though the roster is a little different, and and of the Spider books, you know all the Spider books that are returning. Which would be Spider Gwen twenty ninety nine and Spider Woman, um, and Silk and Silk. Thank you. I, I forget Silk <laughs> and I mean, Miles. Even, even Miles, although the, we'll get to those circumstances in a second. I mean, these are all the creators that have been associated with these characters before Secret Wars. So the Spider Book. I mean, I don't know if this is um, Nick Lowe not not wanting to shake up his team because he's he's new himself. You know, maybe it's a comfort thing. But, I think it uh, might also be a sales thing. Yeah. The Amazing list. Spider-Man has been selling better than pretty much every book. And if there's one thing I think that can survive Secret Wars, it's uh, it's creators that can sell books. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, even some of the books that maybe started out strong that kind of faded a little bit like 2099 and, and spider woman not that i wanted to see those those creative teams get disrupted but i mean it's exactly the same dan i mean you know there's no there's no change up here you know yeah. there's this you know i mean, always talk about we're gonna get some new creators into the mix and, you know i mean this wasn't this wasn't just us talking i mean this was axel alonzo talking about this weeks ago um that that at least in terms of the spider the spider nook nook is not happening. Yeah. 
So, um, so what do you think actually about? Uh, I mean, I guess I'll say what I feel about Dan Slott staying on the book. I kind of thought it was inevitable, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I think that you know, I think it's funny. I would, I, I definitely was thinking that about a month ago, and then Slott himself kind of hinted, if I'm even on the book, which I thought was very uncharacteristic of him. I mean, I know he kind of plays this humble card sometimes, but um, that's, that's what kind of sent my spidey senses tingling that maybe there was going to be a shift, but, um, but ultimately I do agree with you. It's not really a surprise. Yeah. And for me, like one of the linchpin reasons why I thought he would remain is my interaction with James Robinson at, um, uh, WonderCon where he said that Dan Slott had a stranglehold on Amazing Spider-Man. And there seemed to be some resentment there. At least I picked up on that. And, uh, like, he wanted to possibly write the book. Um, and I like James Robbins, and I'd be interested in seeing that. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, here we are again. And, and we have to both admit, Amazing Spider-Man 18 was a really strange conclusion to the book if it was his end of his run. Um, yeah, agreed. So. And, and at this point, I think he's only three issues away from surpassing Stan Lee. For, yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, you know, the most is Bendis. I don't think anyone is touching Bendis uh, in terms of writing Spider-Man. But yeah. um, you know, I, I I see. I said this a while ago, and not necessarily because I want it, but I I, can, I see Slot having a Claremontian run. You know, I mean, Claremont was on X-Men for over a decade, and I can see that happening at this point with Slot. Yeah. So we didn't get a change creatively, but like like we said earlier, I think that this status quo change is it, very it, dramatic. It's very dramatic. So let's talk about that. Uh, thoughts, early thoughts on that. What were your initial reactions? Let me ask you. You know, it's it's funny. Um, I feel like my my ultimate opinion has kind of evolved. When I first saw it, I was kind of like very WTF about it. Like, what is this? This just seems so strange. And as it had time to maturate and, you know, more information came out and Slot gave an interview with uh, MTV Geek and, um, you know, kind of provided a little more context. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic because I think this is an idea that it might actually play into Slot's wheelhouse as a writer. Because, I, I mean, you know, and I know... Spider-Verse certainly is not a traditional Spider-Man story, but I feel like Slot struggles the most when he's trying to write, like, traditional Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. I feel like like he gets boxed in, and I feel like uh, some of the best work he's done, um, like Superior, for example, um, and even, like, the opening kind of salvo of Big Time, where he was kind of, you know, changing his ways. I mean, you know, this is, this actually sounds kind of similar to Big Time, except it's bigger. You know, it's a bigger time. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Let's pitch but, that name for that to them. Yeah, but I mean, I think that was some of Dan's best work as a writer, and I think it's because he's really different and kind of out there, and he wasn't kind of pigeonholed and trying to honor. Uh, the, the books of yesteryear, and I know that's kind of like counterintuitive. It's like, so wait, you know, he can't write the traditional characters, so the only way it's going to be good is if he does something crazy and outlandish. And I get it, but you know what? Like, 
There's, there's one constant in comic books, and it's change. At least, at least in today's comic books. I mean, you know, you can you can you can sit on your Roger Stern run from the '80s, and and I love that Roger Stern run, like you know, like anybody's business, um, and say, you know, look how it honored the tradition and the character and the roots, and he gets it, and blah 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 blah. But the fact of the matter is, that's not what comics are anymore. Just, it's just not. Well, I also uh, think another constant in comics is things will always go back. Yeah. Like, Peter will not be, and I, at least I hope so, will not, unless I love this, which I don't know that I'm going to do that. But, you know, it'll always, he'll go back to being the, like, you know, down on his luck, but hope, you know, hopeful and resilient Peter Parker that we love, you know? Right. Well, I mean, the one caveat to that, Dan, is, and that's a kind of jump in line here, but um, with Miles now being. 616 it sounds like miles is going to the you know the book it's just spider-man adjectiveless um i I don't know if it's if they're going to consider it spider-man volume three uh (laughs) but um but by the the bendis and sarah pacelli book i mean it sounds like they want miles to kind of be the the teenage struggles with the everyman problems that peter used to be and peter's going to kind of serve as a mentor to miles in this series and uh, you know it does make me wonder if this is kind of marvel's way to transition away from i don't want to i'm not going to get caught up in this whole thing of miles being the main spider-man peter is peter and miles is miles and and the people who are getting caught up in this minutiae i think are really wasting their energy with it but I do think that Miles is going to kind of fill the void of that kind of struggling, everyman, youthful superhero that Peter once occupied. Well, not to mention that uh, he's going to be fighting all of Peter's old rogues gallery. Yes. So um, Color me really excited for that book because I think that right – you know, obviously I, I really enjoy Bendis' stuff, but Pacelli's artwork is stunning. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like, yes, I do ultimately agree that Peter is not going to be this character forever, but you know, I think, I think Peter, the, the struggling down on his luck ways are going to manifest itself a little bit differently going forward than how they used to. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and again, when I first saw this, I just saw the image and I was like, what am I looking at here? Uh, it's very, it's, I, you know. Yeah, I know you, you, you joked about the the new costume being much like the old one with with the with the you know the light up spider, but it's it's very different. It's very dramatic to me. I was very caught off guard. I almost thought it was fake. Yeah, I I did too, and I I almost didn't report it on my website because there was the image of Spider Woman, which we'll get to, and I was oh. like, this has to be fake, uh, just because it looked like a weirdly photoshopped image, and like even the font on the covers of these books, like the things labeling them, looked like something that someone kind of whipped up in a in a Photoshop, like some just for a, for a goof. But there's no faking Alex Ross artwork, you know. Yeah. Um, but then I also thought, like, would Marvel try to get one over? Because the first place to replete, you know to to report this was Bleeding Cool, which <laughs> you know Dan Slott has a very contentious relationship with, and I yeah. almost wonder if he would have shelled out several hundred dollars of his own money just to like screw with, with them. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I had that thought. And I was like, I don't know if they have this much time in their lives to just you know pull that many like 
because some of these things seemed really legit, you know? Yeah. Like, when I first saw this, I was like, this has to be a joke. Like, here is a cover of a, of a comic with a Spider-Mobile that's not a joke. Yes. You know, like, we got the Spider-Mobile this- in the 80s, and it was 100% a joke. Here it is being totally sincere. Uh, this is not Peter Parked Car, as <laughs> Slot wanted. Um Let's talk. You want to talk about some of these other books? Just quick. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll go through the the kind of the the less dramatic ones quickly, and then we'll 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 talk about some of the big shifts here. Um, yeah, okay. So yeah, Spider Mobile. I I want to round out my feelings about this. I've come around on it. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. We've been talking about this for a while, but I've come around on it. And you know what? I am always critical of people that prejudge things. I'm not prejudging this. Wow me, Dan Slot. I'm really waiting to be wowed. But I also think it's kind of an obvious uh, change. I know that we're saying this sounds crazy, but for like a uh, you know the geek genius superhero, this seems like the obvious place that it would go at some point. Does that make any sense? I do. I um, think so. And I think that the more interesting changes to the character have gone less obvious routes along the lines of, like, Straczynski's, like, making him a teacher, you know? It's the same, but it's really emotionally different. Right. I mean, just just for me, just to kind of be more definitive, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued only because I think with kind of the, the locale and the technology, this can be kind of... A very high concept sci-fi, you know, kind of wacky, kooky book that would play into to what Dan Slott has done best. It's it, it, it sounds like, you know, I hate to say it, but it sounds like uh, Peter is becoming the superior Spider-Man. Yeah, that's the that's the other interesting thing is like like what separates this from Doc Ock, you know. You know. That he's not an insufferable a-hole, I think. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Look at the cover of this book. He's got women draped off his arms. I don't know. He looks really, like, cocky to me on that cover. We'll find out, Dan. We'll find out. And it's so funny for me to be critical of this because, Mark, I remember we had a conversation before about if we could come up with one plot for Spider-Man that we hadn't seen before that we would love to write. And I always said, I'd love to see him leave New York City. And I guess I'm getting what I wanted. This is your story, Dan. This is your life. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so just super quick, okay, we talked about the, the Bendis Pacelli Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Gwen, it, it's, it, it sounds like we're going to get a little more of the Peter-Gwen origins with Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, it's Peter David and Will Sliney, and it sounds like this is going to be back into the future, right? With is a that new costume. New costume. Um, okay, excited. So, so uh, Silk again, Robbie Thompson, Stacey Lee, and but the tagline is the Sinister Silk. So is there going to be a heel turn? I don't know. I mean, it seems kind of assumed to be going that route with the character. So yeah, she's like the most like sweet character they have right now. I I, I don't know. Yeah, it almost um, makes me curious if this was the plan originally because uh, that first cover of Silk number one, she already looks evil. <laughs> right? Am I wrong about that? She looks no, evil no, on the cover. Yeah, she does. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of sticking with that book through by bearing it. We'll see how that goes. Um, Spider Woman. So this is interesting, Dan. So Dennis Hopeless Javier Rodriguez. Yay! I I I love the work they've been doing. Jessica Drew, eight months pregnant. That just what, what? What do you think? I, ah. 
I mean, the tagline is what? Parent by day, hero by night? I'm wondering if in, like, the first arc she's going to give birth to this child. Um, yeah. I can't see someone with, like, with who's pregnant, like, that pregnant, with it, that vulnerable, um, going around at night and punching people. It just, just I can't picture that image in my head. Yeah, um, this, this seems very strange to me, Dan, and, and I'm not trying to sound chauvinistic or anti-pregnant I, I, I don't know this just seems very strange to me and and I, I do worry about this becoming jokey where it shouldn't be you know what I mean like like I mean that image of Jessica you know ready to pop in her spider woman costume seems it's bizarre seems like a little it's playing to the cheap seats in my opinion it's really bizarre, and like the way her spine is curved is very strange. Um, I, I, I just I saw that image and I was like, "Is this real?" Um, yeah. Um, I and mean, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I love Spider Woman. Um, yeah, but you know, but this they're 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 tap dancing on a line here. I think that's you know I I, I do want to put that out there. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll see what it is. I, I think you said to me when you found out about this is maybe she has a scroll baby. Yeah, I was like, you know, is this is this like leftover from Secret Invasion or something? I mean, who knows? Uh, who is the father? That's the question. Like, is Ben Yurick the father? Uh, or Porcupine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or what, uh, who else is on the team here? Uh, I don't know, but uh, it, yeah, very strange, very strange. That was um, the biggest like what moment I got out of all this, even more than the the Amazing Spider-Man change. Yes. Um, some other spider books. Yeah, I hope you're saving your allowance, Dan, because there's a lot of them if yeah. you're going to read them all. <laughs> um, so we have Venom Space Knight by uh, Robbie Thompson from Silk and then Ariel Olivetti. And it's basically going to be Agent Flash in space. This could be fun, right? Yeah, it looks like fun. It looks almost like a um, Silver Surfer. He's got like this alien partner. I don't know if it's going to be a mainstay of the series, but it looks that way on the cover. Um, I don't know. This, I mean, this could be fun. I'd be interested in revisiting the, the symbiote homeworld and things like that. I, I could see this being fun. I mean, I, I started picking up Guardians again when, Fla- when Flash joined the team just because I was curious and honestly didn't feel Bendis used them all that well. It seemed like it was kind of thrust upon Bendis. Um, so I feel like kind of breaking him away. Um, could be interesting. Well, he's but, also going to be on the Guardians team. Yes, I know that, but I'm saying by breaking him away in yes. his own book, you know, and kind of and keeping the focus on him, I don't think he'll get lost in the shuffle. Because I mean, Guardians—they're, tr- I mean, they're trying to push the movie Guardians in that book. You know, like yeah. it's all about Star Lord and Rocket and Drax and all that. Um, and just to remind everybody, this is Flash Thompson in space. Yes. Yeah, so. I wonder if he'll be on the show any longer, Dan. We're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, here was a here was kind of a confusing one, and not necessarily in a bad way. So we we're getting a Carnage book, and it looks like it's an ongoing, not a mini. I was, you know, I remember Wacker Stephen Wacker once saying that, you know, they only like to dust off Carnage for minis as like special events. Um, but the writer on Carnage, Jerry Conway. That was a, a pleasant surprise. Um, someone on Twitter said to me, I'm 
you know, they weren't excited about Carnage, but seeing Jerry Conway writing him was kind of like seeing Alfred Hitchcock directing a Saw movie. Uh, so, <laughs> um, this, this, very intrigued. And the art on that is going to be from Mike Perkins. I'm not familiar with Mike Perkins. Do you know what he's me, done? Me neither. Um, and, and the cover was interesting, too. Like, the tagline is Descent into Madness, and it seems to be, like, implying some kind of mine shaft thing. Um, I have no idea what this is, but I'm interested, and uh, I'd be even more interested if it's the uh, the Axis carnage that we got where he's trying to be a hero, because I thought that was endlessly enjoyable. Although someone had mentioned, someone threw cool water on that. I guess he did get uninverted in a book recently. I don't uh, know. So... Um, so, but I agree with you. I think I'd be more interested in the access carnage. Um, I'm also not going to be shocked, Dan, if this, if we find out this is a five issue mini at some I, point. I wouldn't, I, just, I wouldn't either. I just, I just don't see them doing an ongoing with carnage. Um, but you know, I've been wrong before. I didn't think, you know, when, when Remender was doing Venom back in the day, I was like, they're really doing an ongoing with this. And you know, that thing lasted what, 40 issues. Yeah, which is unheard of. <laughs> it is unheard. That's like, I mean, even that's even like lo- increasingly more so. It's like the longest series ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is kind of baffling thinking about it, like, oh man, forty issues. That actually is a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, so the other book, and I mean this one, I'm very unenthused. I, I I hate to be this way, but I think this is of the new books. And that's probably the one I definitely will not be buying is this Web Warriors um, by Mike Costa and David Baldion. This seems to be kind of what's going to spin out of Spider-Verse. They, they love this Spider-Verse concept, Dan. They do not want to let this thing die. It must be selling more than, than I think. You know, like they, they, yeah, they do like this. And I'm guessing this is going to be finally that story about healing the great web that we were expecting to get. And I guess. I've criticized the book for not being, but like – yeah, but, I'm not interested but, either. But Dan, I mean, through a few issues, that book is just unreadable to me. I mean, I don't know, and the art is not good at all. Yeah, I, I, it's I, the same I, team, so I, I might check out the first issue and then see what I think. But I don't expect I'll be picking this one up either. Yeah, um, and then uh, not necessarily spider books, but spider relevant books. Uh, we, we do have Miles. Morales and all new Avengers, kind of as we all knew was happening. Uh, but it looks like Peter Parker is going to be on Uncanny Avengers, which is kind of oh okay. So we're we're getting Spider Man back in an Avengers book, all the, you know when he's been kind of in and out for the last couple of years since Hickman took over. Um, yeah. And then interesting, um, not necessarily not related to Spider Man books at all, but related to a Spider Man creator, uh, Umberto Ramos has been announced. As the artist on Extraordinary X-Men, which would lead me to believe that Ramos is not part of the Spider-Man art team anymore. What are your thoughts on this, Dan? I know you love Ramos. I do. And, you know, it's sad to see him go, but I'm also ready for, you know, some new art talents on the book. Uh, Although I do think, like, given the concept of this new book, that Ramos would be a really great guy to draw it. Yeah. Um, Especially considering his, uh, I don't know if you remember this issue, the, the point one Venom issue. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was really fun drawn by Ramos, and I could see this book kind of operating in that territory. Um, but yeah, I guess this is like you know, it's a sad goodbye if this is what it is. But uh, on that same level, we didn't talk about Common Coley coming back on um, Amazing Spider-Man, and while I'm a fan of his work, 
I would at least I, I'm I would really like to see some new art talent on Amazing Spider-Man. You see, like I'm not ready to give up the ghost of Kamo yet because I feel like he's really grown tremendously, and I feel like he deserves a shot as being the guy on Spider-Man. Yeah, not- and we don't know if it's a monthly or bi-weekly book yet. Right, but I mean, but this is you know he's doing the issue one. I mean, you know, Ram. I think people still associate Ramos with Spider-Man and Slot because I mean, for all of the outside of one or two, all of the major stories were done artistically by Ramos. You know what I mean? And 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 you know, if you got Kamakoli, you know, doing the first big arc on this new book, regardless of whether this is monthly, bi-monthly, and they're going to bring in another art team at some point. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's establishing the universe. You know, this is, this is his book now, you know what I mean? And, and I think, I think he deserved, I think he's earned that. I do. I do. I, I, that did not bother me. I think Kamo has earned this. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do. I'm not bothered, but I'm also just, I'm not excited. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm waiting for like a, if we're, this is the top-selling Marvel book, I really like was hoping to get like an artist that I think could really wow me. I mean, Kamo definitely has, but um, I was waiting for a shocker like a Steve McNiven to show up or something like that. Yeah, but the problem is, and we saw this with Spider Verse, is when you bring bring in these artists, they never they never they never feel, fulfill their duties. You yeah, know, these yeah. like these superstar guys. I mean, Quapel. Oh yeah, it's great. Look how pretty Spider Verse was. Camel, Camel saved the day on that arc. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 like I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like he he's earned this. He deserves this. He 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 deserves to become the next Steve McNiven if he can do it. Yeah. You know, like I, I that's my take because I feel like you know you, you you give it to the old crusty veteran who's been around. You, you're gonna you know like the book's gonna be every six weeks instead of every two or four. You know what I mean? Like it's true. And, and, it's true. Um, so, um, we'll see. I mean, I, I haven't heard of renew your vows slipping in terms of schedule just yet. Although, I mean, I wasn't that blown away with Kubert's art in the first issue. No, so either, although the preview came out today for the second issue and it looks really beautiful. Okay. So we'll see. But, um, anywho, um, but yeah, I, 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 I was ready to move on from Ramos. I mean, you know, not even just going back to big time, but I also think back to Ramos and the Paul Jenkins run on Peter Parker and Spectacular. I mean, it's Ramos has been a part of the Spider-Man family now for well over a decade. So, um, and I'm sure he'll be back in some format. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he will. And uh, you know, but boy, what a lot of um, a lot of news here we got today. Yeah, a lot of books, a lot of books. Like I said, we're gonna have to save our pennies, Dan. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, you know, looking through the preview book that they gave out this week, half of the book is Spider-Man titles. You know, we chose a character to follow, didn't we, Mark? <laughs> for for a guy who is no longer Marvel's flagship, he certainly appears to be Marvel's flagship. Right. Well, you know, do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, between him and Batman, I don't know who has more books. Well, you know, we don't have Spider Mite yet. That's so, true. Uh, <laughs> Spider Ham is going to get his own book next. Just you wait oh, and see. Goodness. My goodness. Um, all right, Dan. Anything else on the books? No, I think it's time to say goodbye. 
Of course, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And, and one weird thing of note, Mark, is Uh-oh. I noticed that the iTunes store has kind of been going a little weird and they've stopped listing all of our episodes. They only have the most recent 20 episodes on there. Um, and this is true for all podcasts. And I reached out to them about it. And they're like, yeah, we don't know what's causing this. We're looking into it. And uh, I think we're looking into it means we have like one guy in a basement somewhere working on it. Because <laughs> they do looking not care about their podcast network. Like looking into it means, uh, yeah, you'll get your answer a quarter to never. Right, right. So if you want to listen to episodes more than 20 episodes ago, and we're on about 80 episodes now, you know, be sure to go check it out on our website, superiorspidertalk.com. I hope you're keeping track, Dan, because we need to do something for our 100th episode. Don't worry, Mark. I am keeping track, and I have a lot of ideas about episode 100. So, uh, All right. Well don't, well, don't reveal them here. Let I, me hear them first. I will. I will run them <laughs> by you, Mark. Um, so also be sure to check out both of our Facebook pages at facebook.com slash superiorspiretalk and facebook.com slash chasingamazing. These are great places to keep up with us in between shows. We post articles. We we talk about the 100th episode, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Fun things. Just do it. Look us up on Facebook. And also on that Facebook page, you can, again, find the meetup group for San Diego Comic-Con. Please, if you're going to meet up with me, be sure to RSVP there so that I know that you're going to come. Otherwise, if no one's going to come, I won't, I'm not going to be sitting there by my lonesome self waiting for everybody. So please, if you want to meet up, be sure to RSVP on that page. Yes, yes. And, of course, our theme song, courtesy of Rylan Bojack, and our outro song from Magic. Yeah, and a special thanks again to Nick Cagnetti, Ray Sumzer, Ron Friend, and Sal Buscema for our show's awesome artwork. Mark, where can we find you on the Internet this week? Well, of course, you can find the ongoing countdown of the greatest Peter Parker, Mary Jane stories on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com, along with my Clone Saga callback feature, which has resumed. Uh, we talk about some hologrammed great issues involving characters that we really don't care about. There's been hey, a lot baby. of angst around these articles. Uh, yeah, we're getting to that point in the Clone Saga where I'm like, hmm... Can I take it to Revelations, or do I stop at the Ben Peter switchover? We'll have to discuss that off air, Dan. I mean, I'm in your corner, Mark, just uh, spraying you with water. You can do yeah. it, Rocky. Yeah, right. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at chasing ASM blog. Um, can't really think of anywhere else to find me right now. I've, I've been. <laughs> I'm not writing in a lot of places anymore, Dan. I think. I think I'm putting all my energy into making Superior Spider Talk as good as it can be. So I and hope. I been, hope it, it's been awesome. Okay, I, I hope it's. I hope it has been. <laughs> I hope it has been for you. Otherwise, what am I doing? <laughs> what a great stress off my back. Oh no, no, no! But Dan, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me manning our uh, our Twitter feed, which is at sup spider talk, or on my personal account at Dan Kavazdan. Um, I'm writing a bunch of movie reviews, which you can read at grindmyreels.com, and I've got a bunch of other things I'm going to be announcing pretty soon that I've been working on. So. Uh, uh, keep tuned, uh, you know, here, and you'll you'll hear about a lot of other projects that I've got going on. But those are the good places to find me for now. But you could also have found me last week. I went to this big top carnival, and it was really wonderful. But then out of nowhere, this guy came out with this spinning design on his top hat, and and started hypnotizing the crowd. I turned away, luckily, and ran uh, away. Um, but Mark, I was looking at the newspaper, and I saw that you were there as well and you were hypnotized what happened to you how did you break out of that 
Well, yeah, I was hypnotized and like I was about ready to give this guy a bunch of money. You know, he almost had me give him my issue one, Dan. Oh my like, goodness! Can you believe that? I, I don't know why he was bringing it to me to a circus, but I had it, and he only—he was gonna—I was gonna—I was gonna no longer own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Then you really would have had something to hold over me. Oh, I already and, do have something to hold over you, Mark, because you don't have all the annuals. Right. Well, besides that, so anyway, um, I'm being hypnotized, and all of a sudden, this guy in a yellow costume jumps out and whacks this hypnotizer out, and I'm like, I come to, and I'm like, is that is that? Silver Age Daredevil in a yellow cot. What's he doing in the yellow? And then he took the mask off, and it was my Uncle Ben. Oh my goodness! I, you know what? I had heard that he likes to like go out at night dressed as the Silver Age Daredevil. I know it's the craziest thing. I'm like, what's next? Are you gonna look like Golden Age Flash? I mean, what's what, what's what's going on here? Well, I mean, you know, I, I always tell him it's weird because no one's gonna recognize him because now everybody thinks Daredevil has a black costume. Yeah, you know, it just he, Uncle Ben, he's so silly. Just give him some, give him some wheat cakes and whatever. But you know, when he he gave me back my, he grabbed my issue one from from this clown and gives it back to me and was like, oh man, you you, you almost let Dan Gavazin have one over you. You know, I mean, the fact that you beat him to the chase and got it first, um, that no, wouldn't not have been officially enough. because you don't have all the annuals. Um, yeah, that would have been a little too much for me to bear, you know, as as your uncle. But um, and, and but now because you, you bring your comics for some reason to carnivals. Well, you know, he did say to me, you know, keep your comics at home because remember, with great podcasts, there must also come amazing spider talk. Come on, come on.